Welcome to the Sussex Studentpreneur Series, the podcast that shines a spotlight on the inspiring world of startups founded by students at the University of Sussex. In each episode, we'll embark on a journey of innovation and resilience as we delve into the captivating stories behind student-founded businesses. We'll explore the triumphs, challenges and lessons learned, providing invaluable insights for aspiring young entrepreneurs who dare to dream big and a deep dive that will help investors fully grasp the potential of these startups. In this episode, we are joined by Namdi, who is going to introduce himself and his company. I'm Namdi Unkuka. I'm a Nigerian by birth. Currently studying at the Institute of Development Studies here in the United Kingdom. And my startup, it's called Brixton Properties. And basically, it's a property management and development company, which basically works within the sphere of providing adequate housing, providing eco-friendly and suitable housing for young adults specifically, young professionals and then students inclusive specifically. That sounds really good. And I was wondering if you could tell the audience today a bit more about your journey and why you decided to fund Brixton Properties and how you got involved in this entrepreneurial world. Well, so my journey, a little bit about my background, I used to be a practicing architect, studied architecture also in Nigeria, and then having to come into the UK, uh, the first few months, it was challenging having to get an appropriate housing. And aside that, world over in the UK here, we've also had issues of mortgage rates spiking over the past few years. For the past three years, it's been increasing tremendously. It's about getting to about 5% now. And that obviously means housing is going to keep getting much more expensive than my background in architecture, which has to do with basically designing buildings and then making sure clients have access to good buildings. So I decided to go into this startup as a way of preferring solutions to the housing crisis. As well, in Nigeria, we also have over 20%, over 20 million, yeah, over 20 million uh, housing deficits. That was at 2016. Now it would have grown much more than that. So that's basically my background. And here I'm having to study climate change development and policy, which has to do basically with how to make housing much more eco-friendly because climate change is what the world just has to deal with right now. It's staring all of us in the face and we can't just sit down doing nothing. We just have to provide solutions to it. So... With my background in architecture and coupled with the trainings I've had within the last few months on climate change development and then making houses much more adaptable, making houses much more eco-friendly, I think that's what is batting this journey and then helping me to grow along. And how are you bringing that climate perspective? How are you making these buildings eco-friendly? What is your approach from a business perspective? Yeah, from a business perspective, so our business model basically deals with uh, the end customers B2C, which are young professionals looking to rent properties, and then we would also be doing B2B, which is private landlords that have properties. So what we tend to do is create a, systems, create a system whereby people could come together to share property, and then that way, if they share property, then they could reduce their carbon footprint carbon footprint at the end of the day instead of everybody living in isolated bits, bits, bits. I mean, everybody, if you put on your heating systems, it keeps generating 
lot more CO2, but if we share up properties together, or people are meant people are opportunities are created for people to share properties, then that way you'll be able to reduce the carbon footprint. Also, if you have single persons in single houses, at the end of the day, you could have lobby areas, kitchen areas, and then living room areas being heated up when nobody is there. But if you create systems whereby people could share together, so I'm in my room, you're in your room, it's only when we have, and then everybody has their own heating system, not necessarily the central heating system. So you only have to use the heating when it's expedient. If I'm not in my room and then you are around, you on the heating system in your room, mine will not have to come up. And then that way you save much more on energy cost. And then that way also we trend, we also reduce the carbon footprint of buildings because basic is about having to reduce level of emissions worldwide, which it's one of the things that we hope we'll be able to do. We've been doing a lot of research in that field. And then basically the other part is also, so for, for each of the properties we'll be taking on, we'll also be making sure that we will be planting one tree or one flower within the premises because obviously plants have their way of soaking up excess CO2 in the atmosphere. So we will be doing that much more than also in terms of helping the people also to live eco-friendly because we'll be creating a platform for people to share. So we could give them information about how they could live much more eco-friendly, providing recycling systems for them. So for their waste, they necessarily don't have to model up everything, but you know, there are different ways beings and then that way would also help the environment that way. So just basically having to give them tidbits about little, little things that add up on the long run on how to live much more eco-friendly. Yeah, that makes lots of sense. Why did you decide to target young people or young professionals specifically? Well, so basically, uh, they usually say, there's a saying that says the youth is the future of the country. Yeah, we have a uh, younger population, much more in Nigeria, where I'm from. In the UK, maybe lesser number of younger population, but we have them in their numbers. But aside the fact that I'm also a youth, so I'm trying to offer solutions to my fellow youth, but it's also about the future development as well, because, you know, currently they are younger persons now, but in the next future, they would be the leaders, they would be the one dictating things and then managing things. They would also build up families along the line as well. So... I just felt, uh, well, that demography needed to be looked after and provided for much more. And then I'm also in that category. And because of the way the economic system of the world is being structured and then things are changing, obviously, after COVID, so many things are changing the way younger people like to work. And then these days, we had much more of segregation between students and then young professionals. But these days, we virtually have students that at the same time, they're also young professionals, not necessarily for my business, I usually say our target market is young professionals, but it's also students inclusive because some of them are students, but they're also young professionals at the same time. So basically, I think it's from my own personal experience of myself as a youth and then trying to offer solutions for the people in my demography. I think that's basically then having to look at the longer term plan for the country, aside Nigeria, the UK as well. So I think that's basically why I decided to target that for my business. I see. And what are some of the obstacles that you've overcome in this time while you've been building Brixton properties? But also, what are some of the wins that you have experienced along the journey? Well, so if it's for the obstacles, because uh, I have not used so many years in the UK. I've only used about nine months currently, about eight, nine months currently. So uh, the thing about property architecture has to do lots about the culture of the people. So I might, one of the challenges 
parties having to get ingrained or having to understand much more the culture of the people so that you know what to actually provide because business is basically about the end time users not for ourselves as startup founders so it's having to understand the culture of the people and I've had to struggle with that because of the little time frame I've had to stay here and having to build the business along then the other part is also having to yeah but dealing a little bit about cultural difference as well because Diction is a little bit different, even though I speak English, but sometimes when I came in initially, it was a bit hard having to communicate in English. My diction, not necessarily poor, but, you know, different countries, even though they speak English, their dictions are just a little bit different. Yeah, I could understand when people are speaking, but sometimes they struggle to understand me, but it's getting much more better now. So those were some of the challenges I had to face earlier on. Yeah. What about the wins? What about any achievements that you want to talk about? Well, so the wins for me is um, having to get validation from few people within the industry. I've had to attend a couple of property investment platforms, property investment programs, just to be able to be within the community. And then I've had lots of, you know, validation like, oh, yeah, it's a good business model. You know, we need things like this right now. Landlords, for some of them that I've also met as well, say, yeah, we'll be willing to work with you, you know. It's, we are struggling. We need solutions to be able to cope. So I think those ones have been some of the little wins. Having to be on the accelerator as well is a win for me because, yeah, but I had to submit applications for startup success, but I wasn't selected. I wasn't among the first then, and I just had to rework the whole model, even though I didn't have so much of time to work on it initially. And then it just keeps evolving. But I think for me, one of the major wins is the validation because along the line, lots of people are trying to do business, but lots of people maybe do it the wrong way or don't have the right business model. So having to get on the accelerator was like a form of validation. Like, okay, yeah, you know what you're doing. You just have to fine-tune much more. What you're doing is markets, has market potential, just having to keep working on it much more. So I think those are some of the wins for me. Yeah, that sounds like a big win, especially in, as you said, in a long-term journey. This is very important, having a solid foundation. I wanted to ask you, now that we've touched on, you know, the present of Bricks in Properties and a bit of the journey up until here, I wanted to know more about what the future holds for Bricks in Property. What are your short-term goals, long-term goals for yourself and for the company? Well, so for Brixton Properties, part of the short-term goal in about two years' time is we are hoping to have about, be managing about 10 properties within the UK and within Nigeria as well, and hoping that we would have helped about 70 young professionals to be able to have access to affordable, eco-friendly, and suitable houses for them. And so those are part of our short-term goal. We also hope to have helped the environment considerably as well. We've not had... We've not been able to develop the metrics that will be metrics that we're going to be using to measure success in terms of that. But over time, we're going to develop that is in the offering. And then for the longer time goal is just to keep working on providing housing, providing suitable housing, but within Nigeria, but within the UK, but in some other countries we could take on as well. So it's just having to you know help the environment on one side, but also on the other side provide adequate housing for people that stay within the environment and also for plants that stay with, because for us, aside humans being there, we're also trying to provide, we also feel plants also, it's their environment as well, we should make the environment, we've had lots of deforestation in the past, we've had lots of, you know, 
lots of plants having to go into extinction because we are not just caring for the environment and not providing the requisite, the right environment for them to be able to grow. So we hope that our business will be able to do much more in terms of that, having to provide the right environment for people, for animals, for plants as well. And then, you know, everybody at the end of the day could work in synergy, the humans, the plants, the animals, and then life gets better that way. Yeah, I see. And you've mentioned that you would be trading both in Nigeria and in the UK. I wanted to ask you a bit more about that, if you can expand on that. Would the same team be working in both countries? Would you have a dedicated team for each country? How would they be working together? Well, so uh, basically we'll be having two teams. Yeah, but definitely the management team will still be about the same. Advisory team is still about the same. Yep, we understand that the ecosystem is a bit different. Business, the model in the UK is slightly different from the model in Nigeria. Model in the UK is that we'll be working much more with uh, landlords who have properties at the moment that have properties. They have, maybe some of them have mortgages on the properties, or even though they don't have mortgages on the properties, that's fine. But that's the model for the UK. But in Nigeria, this model is a little bit different. So instead of working with landlords, we'll be doing the development ourselves and then taking it on and then doing the management side of it. And then so, but we'll be we'll be having a separate team that will be working on it, but the management team will still be about the same thing. So it's still the same, having to provide housing for younger professionals, but a little bit of a different model, not too different. It's just the only major difference is about having to source the properties. So in Nigeria, we prefer developing ourselves, but within the UK, we would have to partner with landlords on the short run. But on the longer run, after about three, four, five years, after about three years, we could start having to do much more of the development side, acquiring some of the properties and then having to, you know, develop it ourselves. But shorter term strategy, having to enter into the market, gaining access into the market, having to understand the market much more better, we'll do much more partnerships at the earlier stages of the business. I wanted to know more about how the entrepreneurship team has supported you in your journeys. Well, so I think basically one of the major things I've had to benefit from is the advisory services, which obviously is free that I don't have to pay for, but through the accelerator, I'm getting that through them uh lots of advices that are very good for white businesses they've had lots of experiences in the business world and then having to give we budding entrepreneurs such insights which we don't have to use five ten years in the industry to be able to gain having to get it earlier on it's very has been very beneficial for me the other part is i've been assigned a coach as well that helps me in terms of fine-tuning what i want to do and then making sure demanding accountability accountability from me and then making sure I follow through on some of the goals that I've put down. That has also helped them. I think in terms of networking as well and having to get clarity about strategy because sometimes as entrepreneurs working full-time or working part-time and then maybe managing it with studies, sometimes it could be challenging because you have three major things or just two major things. And myself, I have a young family as well. So having to juggle all that, and yeah, it was really challenging at some point, but having to get the feedbacks, having to get advice from the accelerator team has really helped me to put things in perspectives, helped me to put things in prior, prioritizing my time and then prioritizing what I need to do in terms of the business growth, what I should be doing now or what I should be doing sometimes later. So I think... Those are some of the benefits I've had to I've enjoyed so much from the entrepreneurship team. What about because you've mentioned that you are an international student from Nigeria 
Is there anything uh, specifically for international students that the entrepreneurship team are giving lots of support on or that they've helped you as an international student that you wouldn't have had access to otherwise? Yeah, I think, uh, so first is the accountability coach, having to have a coach. As an international student, it's just, I've not lived here for so many years, but I've only used, lived here for about eight, nine months and that was the first time I was coming to the UK. It's not as if I've been visiting the UK before now. So within a short period of time, I'm able to get someone that is a veteran in the industry. And for myself, I may be fortunate because the person is also in the real estate industry. She has a couple of properties that she manages. So, you know, I get hands-on experience, hands-on information through that. And then as I think I've benefited from that as an international student. Then the also the part of it is also having to try, yeah, so... Through the accelerator, they're also helping us to also set up the business side of it in terms of the compliance and their registration. And then as international students, average, we should not be running businesses within the UK because we're on student visas. But, you know, they, in their magnanimity, have tried, okay, yeah, so if you can't set up now, we could wait for you to when you're ready to be able to now set up. And then obviously the support is still there. And then we have the one-year post-accelerator experience that they will be giving us support as well. So it's been, you know very what it's in some other camps is possible maybe because we're international students so you just wait to when you can run things and then that we, at that time we start supporting but we get the support right now even though they know we can't set up the businesses to be able to run this yeah you can do the whole information do everything that is required and then yeah the funding part is also i say it as seed funding because uh, it's a whole lot of money you know and you could basically use it to set up your business in terms of the compliance, in terms of setting up a company house, the UK government, UKVI, I mean. I see it as a seed funding much more, and that's, I'm also very grateful for that. It's one of the things that, especially younger younger persons' businesses, it's one of the things that really helped help them a whole lot. You've mentioned investment and support, and obviously from the entrepreneurship team, which has been amazing in your words, but I also wanted to extend that to anyone listening, if there's any of our audience members that wanted to support you in any way, what type of help are you looking for at the moment? What would you especially welcome? Well, so basically for at the moment, we are looking for a team member which uh, would have been in the UK for so many years because the other part of it for me is also having to understand the system better to get integrated into the system. So we are hoping on getting a team member, a senior team member at the advisory level that would offer us some kind of advisory services maybe about three or four times in the year that we could be meeting with. So we are looking out for that and we hope we could get, we're currently working on things to be able to get that going. Then the other part, we're also looking for some form of funding, about 3,000 to 4,000 pounds, because obviously, as part of the partnership that we'll be having with landlords, we'll be taking on the management side of the properties, having to do light renovations. So we will be seeking some level of funding to be able to carry on with that. So basically, those are the two, well, requests, if I may say. What is the best way to get in contact with you? How can people reach out do you have an email address or a, a website or anywhere that people can contact you to let you know about opportunities? Well, so my email address is unkukannamdi at gmail.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Yeah, so I'm a bit much more engaging, much more on LinkedIn. 
Yep, through the email address, find us also find and then through LinkedIn as well. My name on LinkedIn is just Unkukanamdi. And then through that, people could reach me. Those are all of the questions that I have for you today. But I wanted to ask you if you have any final thoughts before we wrap up. Yeah, I think the final thoughts that I have is just uh, to young persons, especially that we should think much more about how to offer solutions in terms of trying to run a business uh, because business is, is just there, just exists basically. Yeah, the money side of it is there or you're trying to run a social business where the money is not really your motivation sort of, but we should look much more at worthy solutions that could help because the future sometimes could be looking bleak the way you look at it, but you know, lots of challenges and that's why we are there. We should offer some ch- some solutions to some of those challenges. Back in the days, we had issues with if you had a computer, it has to be very big, mainframe computers. But now you could carry your phone along, which could be a smart computer for you. That's just a solution, you know, trying to make life much more better, much more smarter. People could live smarter. So we all should look much more towards helping to make uh, the problems that we have around, having to just try to solve some of the problems in our little way and then trying to make sure that those solutions are climate smart, those solutions are eco-friendly because we all live in this world and... For some reasons, we just have to, you know, there's this saying that uh, we need to live, we need to learn to live as brothers with the earth. If not, we we'll all perish together as fools. So the earth should just be our brother sort of or our sister sort of. If we don't treat them as brothers or sisters, then we'll just all perish together as fools at the end of the day. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Namdi, and we wish you the best of luck in your business moving forward. Thank you, Betha. Wonderful work you're doing. Keep it up. Thanks. This series was hosted and produced by Berta Santos, and it was a collaboration between the entrepreneurship team at the University of Sussex and 76 Podcasting, the student-led podcasting network also at the University of Sussex. The jingle in this series is a snippet of the song If You Lived Here You'd Be Radioactive By Now by Aldous Ignite.